You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. The 49ers have outscored their opponents 35 to 12 in the second half in these two playoff games. They are they are a second half team. They are a strong finishing team. And this is something that we've never seen before from Kyle Shanahan teams in the fourth quarter because typically that's when the collapse happens, right? Where that's what happened against the Rams, that's what happened in the Super Bowl. That's typically what's what's been happening with them, right? And you can you can say that it's because the quarterback was was holding them back. And I think that's partially true. But now you're seeing him actually number one, trust his quarterback enough to make those big throws. And number two, they're able to actually finish games off the way that we, that we had always hoped they would. The trust factor is the big thing. And I'm going to give you guys a few examples on that last drive, the field goal drive, there were two third and shorts. The first one, he went empty backfield. And I said to myself, he's really going empty right now. He's moving McKay, no threat of the run. Yep. He converted it. Second time he went empty again with his rookie and he converted it again. And anybody saying like, oh, well, whatever, it was third and two, third and three. Those are intensely, so much pressure on those throws to make those mm-hmm. two. And the kid, Kyle showed the faith in him and he did it. And the, the other thing that I said, wow, he just has so much more faith in him than I've ever seen him have with the Niners quarterback. When there was 2.05 left in the game, and the Niners got the ball back. The next play is the two-minute warning. So I thought a pass was the, was the right call there. But are you going to trust your quarterback to make the throw there is the, is the thing. And he did. And Purdy stuck to Kittle for the first down. So Kyle's showing the faith in him and Purdy coming through in those situations. Again, how many times have we seen quarterbacks not do it? It's difficult. It's high pressure. And for the kid to be doing it, I feel like these are things people should be screaming from the mountaintop. Those plays like that, like, the, yeah, the Kittle throw was great and this, that, and the other thing. But people are – those are the things that – this kid is doing that. He's 23 years old. If Trevor Lawrence was doing that, I would be impressed, you know, at, at his age. Justin Herbert, young QBs like that. You have to do it. You have to be battle tested. And for him to do it, I, I thought was great. And for Kyle to show the faith in him, I, I thought it was tremendous. And Shanahan now, you guys, yeah, we did. Zane, we were hard on him for, for a little bit. And we said that this year had to be a good year from him. But Kyle now, since 2019, including the postseason, dude's 48 and 26. He's been to three NFC championships in four years. Can people, let's see how this season ends. If it's another bad loss, can people attack him that way? Sure. And they will probably, but you can't talk. He, he's an upper echelon coach. It's, it's non-negotiable now. Absolutely non-negotiable. He's one of the top coaches in the league. He's proved it three of the last four years. In the one year he didn't, there were injuries and COVID and being displaced to Arizona. Three of the last four years, they have been double digits, wins, NFC championship, Kyle Shanahan is an upper echelon coach in the NFL right now. End of argument. There is not a coach in the NFC that I think uh, is better than Kyle Shanahan. 
even with Nick Sirianni's, uh, even with his with his season this season, um, I don't I don't think you can argue that. Yeah, I would. I'm not. I would rather have Shanahan. I think you can make an argument for Pete Carroll because he has the title and he's had such a long. That's fair. History of success, but I. But right now, if you made me, yes, I would take Shanahan right now. I don't like to think about the Seahawks. So I know the body of work. (laughs) That's a great. That's. I think you're right, Brian. I'm trying to run through everybody in my head. I don't think there's anybody you would put over him. Yeah. I mean, right. Sirianni, Sirianni is such a D-bag that like, he gets put down in my mind anyways, right? So. Say, Zane's already on the timeline talking shit about Nick Sirianni, and I love it. I absolutely you can love make, it. You can make a McVay argument, too. There's a couple people make arguments for it, but I think that's the point, right? You, now, whereas before, you would have said, yeah, McVay definitely, or Carroll definitely. Now you can make that argument, Yeah, but Shanahan is right there. right there. So Well, yeah. the other thing is, is that McVay, like Shanahan basically took – uh, a McVeigh-like team, um, and put them. I mean, in 2020, that's essentially what happened, right? He he put them in a position where they almost could have made the playoffs, but they've lost a bunch of games at the end. I mean, I feel like he did much more with with in the same situation, right? So I'd still say that Kyle is probably McVeigh has a title, but I feel like Kyle is probably yeah, they got the chip. Yeah, yeah, got the chips. yeah. Kyle gets the chip, man. He wins the Super Bowl this year. I mean, you're talking. Definitely top five type of, again, non-negotiable. If he gets a chip, he goes into the next stratosphere. He yeah, really absolutely. Does. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I was listening to uh candlestick chronicles with Chris Biederman and Kyle Matson. Uh, Matson's a, a producer at 95, seven, the game. So shout out to that uh, Odyssey family. Uh, but they made a good point, or I think might've been Biederman, but he said, we may, we may be looking now like this may be, this may be the the season that solidifies Shanahan to where we might be seeing like a Mike Tomlin like run in San Francisco mm-hmm. with Kyle Shanahan. And and all he meant by that was, you know, we're talking 10, 15 years possibly. I mean, we're already we're already at six, right? We're already yeah, more than halfway to 10. And he's got that contract. But I mean, again, you know, he's been here since 2017. He inherited one of the worst rosters in the NFL. In two years, he took that same roster to the Super Bowl. And then in 2020, had a down year because he lost his superstar defensive end. He lost his quarterback. He lost his superstar wide receiver for a while. Lost his superstar tight end for a while, right? That was his down year. Still, like you said, Zane, almost made it to the playoffs. Uh, if Nick Mullins, you know, was more Brock Purdy-like than he than he was. Um <laughs> And then he made two back-to-back NFC championship games. Like it's hard to argue, you know, it's hard to argue against the guy and you know, there's always going to be detractors, but I'll tell you what, I'm so thrilled that Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the team that I root for. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, I think there's small little things that we could still say like, oh, well, you know, the clock management towards the end, like that, you know, when they got down before the field goal, they threw a screen pass instead of running it that running it there, making Dallas use a timeout or burning the clock a little bit. But I think that the way that he handled that last drive, like they, they got the ball with, with around 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And mm. they literally chewed up the entire clock to where Dallas got the ball with three and a half minutes left. And, you know, they had all their timeouts and everything, but they were down by seven at that point. And also, can we, can we also talk about really quickly Brett Maher? Like they, they left that guy in San Francisco, man, that guy's still here. They left him off the team plane. He's still here. Dallas is basically like, we were done with you. I, I, I really kind of want curious to think about like what would have happened and how Mike McCarthy would have played that game. If he had a kicker that he could trust, although he did hit two field goals. One, one of them was, was a longer one at 43 yards, but I, I really do question how, what they would have done and, and if they would have just taken points. And I think that it was one of those games where the Niners, they had several distinct advantages and good teams exploit those. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, you know, as we kind of talk about move to the defense here and NC 17, right? No chance you're scoring more than 17. And they would have had this in both games. If Seattle didn't get, get that garbage time touchdown, right? We would have seen this in both games, but the defense puts up an all time historical performance, in my opinion, against one of the best offenses in the league. Again, in back-to-back years, the number, the number one offense in the league, They're the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Again, right? No, Cowboys, no, no, Philly and Kansas city scored more points than them. They were third. Per game? Oh, per game? Yeah. Kansas City had 496. With, with Dak. I'm sorry. With Dak. Sorry. With, with Dak? Dak. Okay. My with apologies. Dak. With Dak, they were the highest scoring offense in the NFL. My so apologies. there you go. So when Dak Prescott played minus the five games that he missed, they were the highest scoring offense in the NFL. So this is this is not this was not a JV league team, right? This was an actual tough opponent. We knew it would be tough. We knew that it was not going to be like the Seattle game. It was going to be closer. And that's exactly what happened. And they forced Dak Prescott into two crucial mistakes, one early on. And I, I, I really want to give flowers to Diameter Lenore. Like we were, we were kind of critical of him a couple of weeks ago and thinking that he might be the weak link. All of a sudden he, he's looking a lot better and he's, he's holding his own opposite Mooney Ward on, on, on the other side. And they tried to test him and they, and they lost at the beginning. That was a huge field goal for the Niners because their offense was stuck in neutral up until that point. And for them to get points on the board was, was massive at that, at that point. And then later on Dallas was driving in the red zone. Jimmy Ward tips, it goes into Fred Warner's hands, Johnny on the spot and Dre Greenlaw almost comes up with a pick six to end the game. So there's just, they're always around the ball. But I think going into this game, Dak led the league in turnovers, right? Despite missing five games. Mm-hmm. And we knew that he was going to throw That's the crazy. defense ball, which is mm-hmm. unreal. Yeah, he, he had not lot. found back-to-back games without, without throwing an interception. We knew it was going to come and it was up to the defense to catch it. And they did. I want to I, I real quick. I, I wanted to because you kind of talked about Brett Maher, and I thought the interesting thing is you pointed out that Jimmy Ward interception. To me, that's another huge turning point in this game. If you have faith in your kicker, they would have kicked a field goal already in that drive, right? Mm-hmm. They went for it on fourth down because they were terrified of their kicker. They got it, good for them. But then was it two or three plays later is when you get that. Fred Warner interception, right? That bounced off mm-hmm. Jimmy Ward's chest right mm-hmm. into Fred Warner. So that's a six-point swing that also gave the 49ers the lead going into the half. 
So not only is it a, it, not only is it a six point swing, but also now you go into half down, right? Whereas you are driving, you're, you, they were in line for the patented Kyle Shanahan Madden mm -hmm. double up, mm -hmm. right? They were driving, right? They could have, I mean, granted the 49ers would have got the ball back if they would have kicked a field goal there. But if they would have kicked a field goal there, the 49ers likely drive down, probably kick another field goal. It's still tied, right? So mm -hmm. that was a huge turn of events and it had everything to do with Mike McCarthy not being able to trust his kicker, which I thought was, you know, a, a, a huge swing in this game. And I think I think another huge huge swing was the Tony Pollard injury when he yeah, went yeah. out. That he changes Dallas's offense, and when hey, he got hurt, they were a different offense. Can I just but, say karma's a bitch? Like mm -hmm. we read all week about that stupid ass uh, radio station in Dallas, literally on air, hoping for a Christian McCaffrey injury. Four Niner fans pointed out they double down on their douchebaggery, and what happens in the game? They they lose their most explosive player. Like, I mean, I, you hate to see uh, a player injured, but man, talk about like 49er fans never said anything along mm. those same lines, right? Never wished injury on anybody, never did any of that. Just, you know, talk their shit like they wanted to, and that's fine. But like I said, I, that's that's karma. But go ahead, Al, you're right. That Tony Pollard injury yeah, was huge. Yeah, I thought it changed everything because Dallas was, I mean, they weren't prolific by any means, but they were moving the ball. I, th I thought that they were moving the ball enough to where I was, you know, I was a little bit worried at that point. And then Prescott forces the throw, it bounces up, and, and the rest is history. The momentum completely changed. Um, I think for me with the Niners defense, you had Fred Warner having an all-time game. That's the type of game when he's up, whenever he retires and he's up for the Hall of Fame. I feel like that's the type of game they're going to be, you know, Mike Sando, Matt Miyako, Mayoko, and those guys are going to be in the room talking about this game. I felt mm -hmm. like he was that impactful in this game. Um, he played like an all pro, he played like a future Hall of Famer. I thought he made that much of a difference. He was all over the field. Um, and when you have guys like that, it makes a huge difference. And you mentioned the player earlier, Brian, that I I'm sure Dak didn't think Warner was going to get there because he's probably the only linebacker in the league who would have gotten the lamb. There, yeah. he? Mm -hmm. So he made he made a big difference. Um, I'm going to say this and people are going to think I'm crazy. There are cracks in the armor with this defense and mostly in the passing game. Um, there are plays there to be made. Now, guys aren't making them. The quarterbacks aren't making them. And as, as long as that keeps happening, who cares? There can be plays there for the next 10 years. If they don't make them, who cares? But there are plays to be made in the secondary. A.J. Brown, I don't want to get into the game yet. We will. But A.J. Brown and those guys worry me because of that. And the, uh, the kryptonite to this defense, we saw it with Jared Stidham with the rushing lanes. Saw it a little bit with Dak. Dak had three. Dak isn't, he doesn't move like he used to. But he had three good runs in this game that scares the shit out of me with Jalen Hurts. We'll get into that next game, but that's if yeah, the defense has been great and they deserve their flowers in this game. Dallas is Dallas scored a ton of points. They're a good offense, but there's a few, there's a few cracks in the armor. Nick Bosa hasn't had a sack in a couple games. I wonder if he's healthy. Actually. I saw him kind of grabbing his, at his stomach. I kind too. of wonder if he be a little bit beat up, um, but the pass rush has been, they've been getting pressure but it hasn't been that shake your soul kind of pack pass rush that we've seen. Mm -hmm. We've seen guys have really good, some again, they got players, man, that make plays. You know, Funga made a couple plays, you know, and that's going to happen. Um, and that, that can make up for some of these things, but Lenore made, has made some plays. I don't think Lenore played poorly by any stretch of the imagination, but there are plays that this, this has not been, it's been terrific.
but I saw, I think I, I saw Matt Mayoko said it was like one of the best defensive performances ever. And it was a great one, but I just think, I think there's a few cracks there and everybody's gonna be like, I'll shut up, but I got to say what I see. I, I, I want them to win so bad. You guys have no idea. Like I was like just rocking back and forth for like three and a half hours. <laughs> but there's some things that I see that have worried me for the past five or six weeks in the passing game. I don't feel they can run the hell out of the ball. I think the Niners will do okay there because the linebackers and everything else. But I worry about a little bit. Of, I worry about people getting open. And even the Michael Gallup play, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a better throw towards the end there. He, Prescott might have been able to hit him there. So things yeah. like that that you see that haven't hurt them yet, and knock on wood, it's not going to matter. But that's just kind of where I am with the defense. You guys are great. I love you. you. You did a great job. But there's just, again, I'm thinking Super Bowl. I know Joe Burrow is on the horizon. I know Patrick Mahomes is on the horizon. We know Jalen Hurts is on the horizon. So, yeah, we got to be realistic too. Those are some things that might have to get cleaned up. Yeah, the one thing I that, that I, I oh, go yeah, ahead, right go ahead, Zane. I was gonna say the um, one I thing think- that I appreciated was there weren't coverage busts like we've seen over the past few games. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't any any coverage busts from Hufanga, which is great. Uh, there wasn't any coverage busts from anyone else, right? The the throw to Gallup. That was well defended, but a, a better throw would have would have made a completion. And then that throw to Lamb, the the one explosive play really that that Dallas had was it was again just a it was just a go ball. And Diamador Lenore did get beat. You know he 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 played off coverage, and CD Lamb just ran by him, and and Dak made the throw. But outside of that, the the coverage was was very sound in this game. They gave up 282 yards to a Dallas offense. That is really good, right? Like I said, with Dak Prescott, they led the league in scoring. And not only that, uh, they were, I believe they led the league in red zone scoring uh, this season. I think they were, I think they converted 75% of their red zone trips into touchdowns. And they got one in this game. So again, just... An incredible performance from this defense. Incredible game plan from D'Amico Ryans. Both defensive coordinators in this game had incredible game plans. Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn mm-hmm. threw out an, uh, a defense that I don't think Kyle Shanahan was ready for. No. I, they played. You know how much no. three four they played in that game. You know how many bare fronts they had in that game, which are totally out of character for for Dallas. And how many times was and and then and then Dan Quinn using Micah Parsons as the ultimate chess piece playing. Uh, outside linebacker, defensive no, end, middle linebacker. The dude was incredible. Did not yeah. have a huge impact on the stat sheet, but man, he affected the 49ers offense. A lot of the plays that that either A ended in a pretty throwaway or B ended in a pretty sack were there because of heads-up coverage plays by Micah Parsons, who read the play and then went out into the flat to cover the guy that would have been wide open had it not been Micah Parsons there. So both defensive corners had an incredible game. It's just that, you know, the 49ers offense didn't make mistakes and D'Amico Ryan's and the 49ers defense forced Zach into two of them. And that was the difference in the game. You know, th- this 49ers team is now, I believe undefeated on the season. If they mm-hmm. are even or ahead in turnover margin and, and they did it again uh, this game. 